What's the connection between the Quentin Tarantino film Reservoir Dogs and the state's chamber? This is the State's Assembly podcast from the State's Graph, bringing you information and insights on how Jersey's political system works and how to make it work for you. Hi, I'm Emily Thomas from the State's Graph, and this episode is where we give you the backstory of the State's Chamber building. My colleague, Don Butler, is the State's Graph's publications and data editor. He's a bit of a history buff too, so I got him to tell me about the building, about how it came to be built, how it's evolved over the years, and some insight on what it's actually like to be in the chamber, both from the seats that the state's members sit in and from the public gallery where you can come and watch the proceedings live. And if this piques your curiosity and you'd like to find out more and see the chamber for yourself, why not book onto one of our Blue Badge guided tours? You can check upcoming dates and book tickets on our Eventbrite page. There's a link in our show notes. Anyway, let's get into the history of the chamber. How old is it for a start? Well, the chamber is about 136, 137 years old. It opened on the 21st of June, uh, 1887, uh, which was a it was a big sort of celebration day because it was the 50th anniversary of Queen Victoria's ascension to the throne. Okay. And um, what's um, what, what sort of... Um locations did the state's assembly meet in before the chamber was built before they had this new home yeah i think it's important to remember that the assembly as we know it has existed for a long long time we've got records going all the way back to um 1524 at least um and even even further for for the bailiff so we know that the assembly met in different places primarily they were meeting at the royal court and that was essentially because it was easier if we go back to that time the assembly is made up of three states. So we've got our jurats, 12 jurats or judges. We've got our rectors and we've got our conatarp. So it just made sense as the bailiff and the jurats were already in the royal court to meet there. They did also meet occasionally in the Chamber of Commerce. And we do have instances of them meeting elsewhere, particularly at Elizabeth Castle during the um, so-called corn riots. Mm. We'll come on to that a little bit later. Yeah, OK. Um, so so then what what's the story? What can you tell us about about the building and how they got to um, the position of wanting to build something, finding yeah. a new home? Well, the overall, <clears throat> when you look through the history from about 1830s, um, the members were deciding, actually, we need our own dedicated space. But they never actually really got traction with that until about the 1870s. Again, if you think about the makeup of the assembly, it's a big change. In the 1850s, we now add deputies in. So there's now 14 more members. We've gone from 36 to 50. Bailiff's mm. got the approving vote, just in case anyone's wondering. But now we've got to fit 50 into the raw court and everyone's facing sort of the wrong way. Everyone's pointing towards the bailiff without actually being able to see each other. So it's not the most ideal location. Decision is made, 1876, a proposition is lodged to establish a state's room in the east of the courthouse. Now, the courthouse itself, the, the extension that we are currently sat in, um, was already being built. It was going to be an extra library and a space for the greffier to work from. But the decision was actually we could use the upstairs space to build something that resembled what became our 
chamber. And so for context for listeners, we're talking about the building that you see today from the Royal Square. So um, all of all of that, most of that was in existence at the time that the states decided we need somewhere of our own. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if you look at the outside of the building, there is a bit of a line sort of down two thirds of it where you can see the extension has been built. Um, if you actually look at paintings like the Battle of Jersey painting, this section of building doesn't exist at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's been added on since. But the decision to create the chamber upstairs is taken whilst the building is starting to be formed. It's kind of added on as they went. And can you tell us anything about how that decision was made then? It's a tricky one because the records are a bit loose with how they actually get there. Okay. If we go back, it's actually through a committee system at the time, and the decision is given to the Public Archives Committee, of all people, as to how to form it. And I think initially it's given to them because they're the ones that wanted to bring a library for states members, which was going to be built in the building, um, but also for them to then build a chamber of sorts. Um, They were already discussing plans with uh, Mr Ansel and uh, Mr Orange, who are architects, Jersey architects, based in London, um, to engage with them to design and build the chamber. There is some controversy later on where they decide they need to run a competition to see uh, amongst local architects to see who can design the actual chamber itself. Um, That proposal gets adopted um, and £20 is the agreed prize. doesn't sound like a lot, but obviously in the 1870s, 1880s, that is quite... A sum yeah. of money, um, but there doesn't appear to be a record of that competition ever actually being held. So we're not sure if it ever did. Okay. Either way, Ansel and Orange, Mr. Orange particularly, get the contract to design and build the chamber. So their design was chosen. So thank you, thank you, Mr. Orange, thank you, Mr. Ansel. Okay, let's go back in time to the very first day that that new chamber was used then. Um, What can you tell us about the very first meeting that happened in that newly built, newly opened chamber? Yeah, so when when I I, I do the school visits that come to the chamber as well, and I always describe it as quite a party day that day. Okay. um, Because it is very much about the Queen's ascension to the throne. It is a Jubilee Day. It's a, it is very much about that celebration. So members came into the chamber. Um, they didn't have their actual original bailiff um, because he was ill. So they were presided over by the Lieutenant Bailiff, uh, Jurat John Pico, uh, along with Lieutenant Governor Major General Henry Ray. They came in, they agreed the wording of a telegram to Her Majesty to say uh, congratulations uh, on the occasion of her Golden Jubilee. Uh, They then proceeded to vote on a loyal address, uh, after which they then went out to St. Helier Parish Church just outside uh, for a service of thanksgiving. So basically, they went off and had a big party. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Um, So um, how about then what it looked like back then in 1887? Um, What... What did what did the chamber look like? Has it, it was it was it very different? Honestly, the chamber hasn't changed that much since eighteen eighty seven. Um, the the wood panelling, a lot of the hand carved wood panelling is is pretty much the same as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the design element, the shape of it, I know we'll probably talk about that later, but it's it is essentially the same. Um, the only elements that have really changed is that we actually fitted electricity 
I mean, it took a long time. We actually fitted electricity in 1927. Yeah. We have also since added um, sound recording, came in in the 1980s. And then we got electronic voting systems. So that's the biggest change. If you were to look at a, a states member's desk, they have a microphone. That's quite fairly recent addition in the in mm. the length of the history of the chamber and they have voting buttons now there are other parliaments particularly places like the house of commons that don't have voting buttons so this is quite unique and quite useful certainly for the likes of gref members uh, gref staff that have to follow what's going on um the other addition is in 2016 there was cameras there were cameras added mm-hmm. um so that we can do uh, webcasting of proceedings, which is an incredibly useful tool, helps certainly with public engagement. So despite the fact that we do have a viewing gallery around the outside at the top of the chamber, actually most people now will watch online. They've got the opportunity to also go back on things and, and really review what people have said. So it's a really useful feature. There was a bit of a design change of the top of the viewing gallery area um, in the 90s um, mm. where they made some changes. But again, minor things to build in a webcasting booth, as it would become, uh, and also a booth for BBC Radio Jersey mm. was um, initially installed. Mm. Um, but essentially, it's pretty much the same then. So those those states members who were there back in June 1887 um, saw... But for the most part, what we see today. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There, other than maybe even the lighting is not that different. It's, yeah. it's still just as complicated and as tricky to reach because it's quite a high ceiling. Yeah. Um, other than that, and maybe some heating, which was installed, I think, in the 1960s. It certainly looks like it's from the 1960s. Yeah. Um, but they would notice it. They would recognise that it is their chamber with a few minor technical changes. Yeah. Nothing major. Okay. Um, and so although the States Chamber um, is effectively the home of the States Assembly, there isn't really any requirement to, for the Assembly to actually meet there, is there? It's not, it's not a hard and fast rule that when there's a States meeting, this is where you must be. Absolutely not. Normally, those kind of things would be in our standing orders, the, the rules of the Assembly. It is very clear that there isn't a specific place for them to meet. And that's be, for emergencies in in as we've seen in recent times uh, so for example during covid they met at fort regent in mm. a nice big space uh, they meet online uh, on occasion during that period as well so that was uh, we were one of the first uh, places in the world to be doing that as a parliament um and there was obviously other occasions where they've met elsewhere particularly places like uh, elizabeth castle during the corn riots So this is really cool. We're actually in the States Chamber right now, in the public gallery, looking down on the seating where States members sit during States meetings. You can see if you look up, we've got this beautiful um, plaster work that's painted. We've got cherubs, there's scroll work. There's, it's just beautiful. Um, so Dom, let's have a look at um, what's in front of us. We've got where the members are sitting um, down below. What can you tell us about it? It's, uh, yeah, it's quite a view, isn't it? Mm. So right now we can see about half of the assembly. Um, we're sitting quite high up. We can see right down into where they're sitting. And from here you can see they are actually quite close to each other. Mm-hmm. It is quite a, a tight and actually quite a small space. Um, but also from here you get the sense, as a, as a visitor, as someone in the public, 
that you're providing a little bit of judgment on them as well. You, your, your eyes down on them, which I imagine could be quite intimidating for states members to, to have them watching. Yeah. Quite, a, quite a, a thing. Obviously, you can see as well, we've got um, cherubs, little faces painted around in the, in the plasterwork that you mentioned. Mm. Now, when we've not had visitors before, or you know, not many people, it's been said that those cherubs are the ones looking on, down on states members, keeping their eyes on them and keeping them, keeping them honest. Um, but it's nice to have the public in here. When the public are in here and quite full, I think it does uh, add a bit to the sense of drama that can happen in here as well. Mm, I, I can well imagine that it's probably quite easy for um, you to be in the, the full swing of a debate. And if there was nobody up here in the public gallery physically present watching, that it would be quite easy for members to forget that there are cameras dotted around the chamber. Um, so this is for our um, webcast broadcasting the live feed of states meetings um, for anyone who wants to tune in online. Um, so to have just that is, is probably quite easy to forget, um, but a very, very different experience for those who are down in the well of the chamber, Absolutely. speaking in a debate, asking questions, if there's real eyes on them. Um, let's not forget that they are also under the view of the bailiff the whole time. Mm -hmm. and we can see the bailiff's seat there, so he can see everything and everybody. We can see him from here. Um, he is basically holding court. Does look like that from our mm. perspective. I know we'll have a look at his seat in a bit, but it is uh, it is quite a view from his seat as well. So while we're up here, Dom, um, let's have a quick chat about some of the other things that are visible from up here in the public gallery. You will see two great big stones in the wall. Now, the first of which is actually um, in honour of Sir Walter Raleigh. This stone was put in fairly early on during the building work. Um, and it represents him as the governor of Jersey from 1600 to 1603. It's there as a commemoration of him saving Montorgai or Gory Castle. Mm -hmm. And the stone itself actually comes from that castle. It was being torn down. All of the brickwork was going to be used at Elizabeth Castle. And he said, no, it needs preserving, saving. Uh, so they put this brick in to commemorate that action. Um, when the building was renovated up here in this gallery in the 1990s, it was found that that stone was actually enormous. So uh, they cut it in half and they used the other half to create the brick that we see on the other side, which is to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the liberation of Jersey in May 1945. Lovely. Um, now there's something else while we're up here that I um, would like to know more about, and that's something that is hanging over the top of the bailiff's chair. Yes, so there is a great big flag uh, hanging over the top of the bailiff. Mm -hmm. um, now, this was actually presented to the island, to the bailiff and to the island, uh, by King George V in 1921. And it is, uh, it is the three lions that we see on all of our flags all mm -hmm. around. Uh, it is the royal heraldry flag. Um, and we do have a photo of it somewhere in our mini archives of him presenting it and sitting in the bailiff's chair with it standing above him. So it's been over the bailiff now for well over a hundred years. Yeah, amazing. Okay, I tell you what, should we go down and sit in the states member seats now? I think that's a good idea. Let's take a look. Well, here we are down in the um, chamber, sitting in the seats that states members sit in during states meetings. Um, we're quite close, aren't we? It is quite an intimate space, it's got to be said. You are very close to people. So 
I think that is in fact part of the design because you've got to get along with these people. You've mm. got to get along with the person next to you. You've got to share that space with them, your colleagues. You've got ideas that you may share. You may be against each other, but at least if you're sat next to them, you can't be super antagonistic. You can't be angry with them. You've got to share space. So yeah. I think that helps in us reaching that consensus. That's why we have a horseshoe and it helps bring everybody together a bit more. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that horseshoe shape, because that's a design that you see in quite a lot of debating chambers, isn't it? However, not all debating chambers look like this, do they? No, absolutely not. I mean, the House of Commons is probably the most notable as being completely opposite each other, completely adversarial and against each other. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they have a slightly different system anyway, but the horseshoe shape works in that we're providing consensus. We're sat next to people that we may not be sat next, uh, want to be sat next to. They may be completely politically different, but actually, because we're sat next to them, we have to find a way to get along. We have to find a way to reach consensus. Also, it means that I can look across and see other people talking much easier than if I were completely opposite. You know, one corner to the other in a in a adversarial kind of way. You don't hear what's going on very well. Mm. Whereas in this shape, it's much more intimate. You can hear. You can see what they're trying to say. And actually, hopefully it means that you're, you're being engaged by their speeches. If I'm sitting looking at someone directly opposite me at an angle, I'm looking and seeing actually the speech that they're telling me is quite important. Um, and what about what we have um, in front of us on these desks then? So there's, there's a little bit of uh, tech here, isn't there? There is tech. Now, the tech in question has been in uh, for a little while. We've had uh, microphones in for a little while and we've had voting buttons in for at least 20 years. Right then, let's say it's a states meeting day today, you're a states member and you want to speak in the next debate. So how do you go about showing that you want to do that? Uh, well, to do that, you need to indicate to the bailiff that you wish to speak. To do that, you simply press your microphone on. The light will come on and you'll probably get a bit of feedback whilst we speak like this. You can hear that the microphone is picking up my voice. I'm still sat about a foot, foot and a half away. It's quite sensitive. Uh, but that is indicating to the bailiff to a little black box on his desk that I wish to speak in, in the debate. He'll make a note of that and come back to me later, or he'll ask me to speak there and then if it's a point of order, point of clarification. So we'll turn the microphone off. And how about then voting? So when the vote is open, the Greffier will open the voting uh, using the computer in front of the Greffier, at which point three lights on the three buttons that we see in front of us will come on. We can then press either P, poor, A for abstain, or C for quant, which is against. Mm -hmm. I can then make my decision and simply press the button. Right, so Dom, tell us a bit about where you're standing right now. You, um, you are in the kind of centre of the, of the chamber now. I'm at the heart of where it all basically happens. I am stood um, by the bailiff's desk. And the first thing that you'll notice uh, when you see from here is that you're a lot higher than everybody else in the chamber. Um, and that is because these two positions, the bailiff and the lieutenant governor, are appointed by the king. So they sit higher than everybody else. Uh, but also there's a good reason for that. They are sitting higher so that they can see everybody. They need to be able to see, specifically the bailiff needs to be able to see who wants to speak next in case there's any microphone issues or maybe deal with any kind of standing orders or any changes going on through that. So they have to have a clear view. You will also notice that the chairs are slightly different heights and that is because we have the Lieutenant Governor 
Hello. So close. What are, you doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, we're, we're doing a bit of recording for the podcast. And I think we should just leave this in because what, what's happening right now, I can just explain. We've got some um, States oh, Gref colleagues, okay. some States Gref colleagues um, who are coming in because we're actually recording on a States meeting day. Um, and so it's, it's all being set up at the moment um, to get the chamber ready for the, um, for the afternoon um, session of a meeting. So it's, it's live and happening, guys. <laughs> So yes, we have the two chairs and we have uh, the governor sits seven inches lower than the bailiff. Now that was designed around an argument that went on between those two positions for hundreds of years as to who the most important person on the island was. This was how they settled it, that inside this chamber and in the Royal Court, the bailiff is the most important person, whilst the governor is there to sit and to listen. <laughs> Did you spot that tenuous Tarantino connection? Yep, it was Mr Orange. Not only the name of one of the characters in Reservoir Dogs, but also the name of one of the architects of the state's chamber. Be sure to check the show notes of this episode for a link to our Eventbrite page where you can book tickets for the next Blue Badge guided tour of the state's chamber. And don't forget, you can come and watch state's meetings from the public gallery, just come to the public entrance on Holcote Place and see it for yourself. Thanks for listening to the States Assembly podcast. We'll be back soon with more information and insights on how Jersey's political system works and how to make it work for you. Very well, in which case the business of the Assembly is concluded and the Assembly stands adjourned.